Hello, we are back with another episode of Varsity 360. I'm Colombian sports editor Micah Rice along with uh, the Colombians Tim Martinez and we are here to break down uh, high school football postseason. Uh, we are entering week nine of the regular season which we all know is the final week and uh, uh, some uh, teams they know that they're headed on to, to week 10. Others will have to uh, wait and see. So uh, uh, how do you think the uh, season is, if you could kind of describe the season and kind of a few words what do you think it's been um you know i think there's there's been some some surprises here and there but i think you know it's it's uh and i think in every every league it's coming down to the last week and so this is kind of what you want you want to have week nine pivotal games you know some years you know there are you know things are already settled you know maybe an odd spot here or there but there are some big games this week with a lot at stake and which could potentially set us up for two potential tiebreakers even. So that's, uh, you know, it's it's a fun way to go into week nine. Well, let's start with the 4A Greer St. Helens League. Uh, last weekend, Tim, you saw uh, the uh, uh, the Camas Papermakers basically put a stranglehold on that league uh, with a, a, a decisive win over Union. Uh, they lead off kind of uh, uh, the teams. that There are two bursts out of the four teams in the 4A Greer St. Helens League. Camas uh, has uh, clinched a berth, uh, you know, being 2-0 and in league. But uh, why don't we break down uh, the other race for the, the final uh, postseason berth, uh, the the second out of that the four teams are, are jockeying for. Right, it basically comes down to Union and and Skyview playing on Friday, the early game at McKenzie. That's essentially a playoff game, winner mm-hmm. in, loser out. Um, you know, you know after you know I watched a little bit of the the video of Camus and Skyview playing each other a couple weeks back, and I kind of feel like those are two comparable teams. Uh, similar teams in some ways. I think in some ways Skyview is maybe just a little bit younger than than Camus or a little bit less experienced, but otherwise uh, they bring the same uh, abilities to the table, which is not a good uh, sign for Union because they had a rough time with Camus last week and and certainly a a very bad start and then uh, didn't get much better from there. So um, but it is one last chance for Union to kind of get something out of this season, and if they win, they move on and go to the uh, Week uh, 10 playoff. Otherwise, if Skyview wins, Skyview uh, gets it. Last year, Skyview got a home game in that Week 10. Mm-hmm. It's possible we could see that again this year, but, you know, those will all be sorted out by a committee on Sunday. Yeah, and that was going to be my next point. When you involve a seeding committee, it's not just about winning uh, you know, it's about how you win yeah. as well. Will there, will there be a little bit of pressure on Skyview, uh, not just to win the game, but also possibly to put on a show? It's possible. You know, that's yeah. one of the drawbacks of the seating committee is you kind of have to put on a good face, you know. Um, and so that might be, you know, a, you know, a factor. Um, the 4A statewide, I think, is just is just wide open. We don't have, like, dominant teams like, you know, we had last year or we had... Graham Kapowson, we have Lake Stevens. I'm not sure, sure that we have those same dynamics, and it's very, very wide open. So it's uh, um, there are 22 teams in the Week 10 uh, state preliminary round in the 4A. It's all, it's all the West Side teams. Uh, 11 of those teams will get to host. So, you know, is Skyview among the best 11? Uh, should Skyview win? Um, you know, it's possible. So we'll have to just kind of see how that shakes out. But, but first, they got to take care of business. First, they got to take care of the business right, and they can't overlook Union. Uh, Union has, you know, some weapons on offense. Um, I think their struggle has been defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've 
kind of given up a lot of points to in some of their tougher games. Um, but you know, if you allow them to stick around, they they could hurt you. So. Well, well, we'll find out a lot in that 4.30 p.m. game on Friday at McKenzie Stadium. And if you're a football fan and you want to stick around for a second game that has postseason implications, you don't have to move from your seat because the nightcap at McKenzie Stadium, uh, Evergreen will be hosting Kelso. And that that is a game that's going to go a long way in determining what teams move on from the 3A Greer St. Helens League. We we already know that Kelso is in. 5-2, uh, 3-0 and oh in league. Uh, the Highlanders putting up uh, some really impressive showings in league play, but uh, Evergreen has everything to play for in this game, don't they? Yeah, you know, and and, and like I think what we what has what has happened is what we thought was going to happen is every time Mountain View, Prairie, Evergreen, and Kelso have played, they've been competitive games, good games, um, all the way through. And so um, for Evergreen, uh, this is a chance to to move on to the playoffs. Beat Kelso, you move on to the playoffs. And the two spots are decided, Kelso and Evergreen. Um, if Kelso wins and then Prairie beats Heritage, which is, you know, winless, and so we kind of expect that will happen, it'll trigger a three-team tiebreaker between Evergreen, Prairie, and Mountain View, which we would expect to be played on Monday, mm-hmm. with one team advancing on to the postseason. So that would be kind of a, you know, a, a wild scenario. Um, I'm sure... Th- uh, the weather might play a factor in a Friday. You know, last week against Prairie, uh, it, it impacted um, how Evergreen wanted to do things on offense. It played a role in that. And it certainly will play a role if it's rainy and cold and windy on Friday. Uh, Kelso likes to run the ball. They like to play defense. They like to grind it out. That suits very well in inclement weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the weather is not uh, very good, Evergreen's going to have uh, a challenge on their hand on Saturday night. It feels like at least every other year, if not more often than that, we end up in a tiebreaker in the 3A GSHL. This, this is not a new uh, occurrence if it does end up going to a tiebreaker, is it? No, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Usually we, you know, we'll have somewhere a tiebreaker someplace. I think it's been a couple of years. Um, I don't, I don't, can't remember if we had one last year or not. I don't think we did. No, I, I, I don't think we had one last year. Uh, and then, of course, there was the COVID year, so but you have to go back a few years for a, for a tiebreaker. But it, it's a fun thing. You know, it's one of these things that could be over very quickly, yeah. or it could kind of drag on, especially with a three-team situation. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's high uh, intensity, and uh, it would be fun to see if it happens. So we'll just have to see. You talk about the 4A statewide being wide open and there not being that clear-cut favorite. Um, uh, it doesn't seem to be necessarily that case in the 3A. There are some real juggernauts when you think of Yelm, you think of uh, O'Day, Eastside Catholic, uh, uh, Bellevue even. It, it's it's uh, uh, If you kind of limp into the playoffs and there there's a couple of teams that if they might you know, Mountain View brings a four and four record uh, into their final regular season game, which uh, is a non-league contest. Um, uh, Prairie five and three. Uh, it could be. Um, uh, you'll want to if you if you get in, you'll want to try to do it with some style because uh, otherwise the seating committee might have a, uh, a a tough draw for you. Well, yeah, I think uh, it, it's very. I mean, you it just there are. You know, every week I've got to vote for 10 teams in the 3A, and there's a couple teams I feel like I have to leave out of that poll. Um, yeah, you already mentioned Yelm. You mentioned Eastside Catholic, O'Day, Bellevue. Uh, Ferndale got a, a nice uh, win over Stanwood. I saw Stanwood just run right over Union, and so Stanwood's good. 
Uh, Ferndale's good. Lincoln beat Camus in week three. You know, they're, they're pretty good. Um, and then you've got the, the east side teams that we, you know, we haven't seen a lot of. So, you know, so I think there's just a lot, a lot of good teams in the 3A. So it'll probably end up being a tough matchup for whoever comes out of the 3A Graves and Hamilton come week 10. So, yeah, it's all about matchups sometimes yeah. in state. So we're on in the playoffs. So. Things get a little bit more clear-cut when it comes to matchups when you go to the two-way level, being that you have the uh, the crossover games with the Evergreen Conference, where the, the number one team from the EVCO places the, plays the four team and the Greater St. Helens League, two versus three, three versus two, uh, you know, vice versa. But uh, uh, we know a little bit about how the two-way is going to shape up. The one thing that is certain is Washougal has clinched the number one seed. Yeah, they can clinch the um, uh, the league title outright if they beat uh, Hawkinson this this Friday. But we know that Washougal, by virtue of, of tiebreakers, is is in as the number one seed and will play the Evco uh, number four in week ten. Uh, but then you go below that, and there's a little bit that still needs uh, to have itself sorted out. Um, uh, Mark Morris right. Right now sits in the number two seed. Uh, actually, they have clinched the number two seed and will host uh, a week 10 game. But Ridgefield right now in the three seed, the Sputters need to beat Woodland to hold on to that three seed. Right, because if they lose to Woodland, they would tie Woodland and then the tiebreaker is the head-to-head. Yes. So Ridgefield needs to beat Woodland to, to be the three seed. Um, the three seed would go on the road in week 10 and it's looking like it's going to be at Tumwater. Yes. WF West beat Tumwater up in the FCO this year. So that's a road game at Tumwater. And then the number four would likely going to be playing at WF West. I know the Sputters would have liked to have had another shot at WF West, mm-hmm. having played them in week one. But if they win... Uh, it's probably going to be Tumwater, so that's uh, that's that's tall order. Yeah, that's always been kind of a, a a little I wouldn't call it a joke, but sort of an aside that we make every year. It's like, oh, congratulations, you you clinched, uh, you, you you won a big game on on week nine and and got the number four seed and continued your season. And your prize for that is to get to go up and and play Tumwater. Well. Now it's to go up and play WF West, which right. is a darn good football team. Um, the uh, is far from settled as to who that number four team out of the Greater St. Helens League will be. It could be Woodland. Um, it could be, as you mentioned, Ridgefield. But then Hudson's Bay and uh, Hawkinson still have an outside Yeah, chance. so if Woodland loses to Ridgefield, it kind of sets up a whole bunch of different possibilities. Um, the easiest way is if Woodland loses to Ridgefield and then Columbia River beats Bay, then Woodland is number four mm-hmm. by tiebreakers. Uh, all of, all of uh, Woodland's league losses would have been to teams above them in the standings, Washougal, Mark Morris, Richfield, and then Bay, which would be out. Mm-hmm. They, they would have beaten River, they would have beaten Hawkinson, so they had the head-to-head, head-to-head tiebreaker advantage in those cases. So if River beats Bay, then Woodland's assured of a playoff spot. But if Bay wins... Then Bay gets the fourth spot if they finished in a head-to-head tie with Woodland because Bay beat Woodland. Mm-hmm. However, if a third team is in the in that tiebreaker, which would be Hawkinson, if so be so Washougal. so so Hawkinson beats Washougal, Bay beats River, Woodland loses. Now you've got a three-way tie for that fourth spot. Uh, Bay beat Woodland, Woodland beat Hawkinson, Hawkinson beat uh, Bay. So now you've got another tiebreaker situation going on, and we're probably having another Monday tiebreaker someplace to sort that one out. So, uh, again, some you know some 
wild possibilities that are there still open out there. Yeah, I mean, de depending on your personal flair for the dramatic, you're either rooting for chaos or you're rooting for the predictability of some teams just handling their business. And we move on to week 10. Um, uh, going into the uh, 1A ranks, um, uh, we love this when it comes down to one game for all, all the marbles, and that's what we have in the Trico League. Uh, Castle Rock, La Center, both undefeated in league play, uh, both 7-1 overall. Uh, they clash head-to-head -head with um, uh, a league title on the line, as it has been the last two seasons. Yeah, the last, yeah, maybe even, maybe even three. I don't even yeah. remember how far back. It seems like every year it's, 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 it's Castle Rock and La Center for the, for the league title. Um, all four spots, playoff spots in the Trico are secured. So uh, Castle Rock, La Center are playing. So last week, La Center went up to White Salmon to play, and that game got scrubbed because they had a power outage in White Salmon. And so because of that, uh, it became a forfeit. So a forfeit win for La Center. So they go in 7-1 and one, uh, into this game. Uh, winner's league champion, winner's number one seed, loser's the number two seed. Both teams will be home in Week 10. However, you kind of don't want to be that two because – uh, the teams up north in the EFCO 1A, I think uh, Tenino just knocked off Monty last week. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have either Tenino, Montesano, or even possibly Eatonville, um, depending on how that all shakes out, being the three up mm -hmm. there. And so that they would come up and play the two. So uh, Castle Rock has already played Montesano this year, and it didn't go very well for mm -hmm. the Rockets. So you kind of want to avoid that two spot if you can, because the, the uh, 1A EFCO is, is pretty pretty stacked. I think having seen La Center, they're a team that uh, I, I think probably most observers would say they're probably favored against Castle Rock. Um, uh, do you think they're a team that could, you know, as a number one seed, if, if they can take a care of business on Friday, could possibly make a run in the 1A state playoffs? Uh, yeah, possibly. Again, it all comes down to uh, matchups and, and, and whatnot, but... Um... You know they've got the size and they've got the the skill set uh, and the skill players to, to kind of match up with uh, well with a lot of teams mm -hmm. and and to win under a lot of different conditions. So um, yeah, if they can if they can win that, be eight and one, they'll get the number one seed. And I can't remember who the who the four is from up north. It's um, I'm not even sure. Yeah, I don't I get don't even, I don't think it's. Elma, I think it might be Elma, mm -hmm. and so that that that's a game that the the Wildcats should be able to handle. Um, yeah, and then once they get in, they, they'd be you know uh, nine and one going into the the state seating committee, and you know they could you know uh, be positioned well. Um, again, also one A also has a lot of good teams mm -hmm. going on. Um, Nooksack Valley and uh, Linden Christian and uh, the, the the powers from the east from Royal and and all the three teams from the up north, FCO. There's, there's a lot of teams, so um, it all comes down to sort of positioning and and, and matchups. But yeah, they can they could make some noise. When we called Trico League coaches before the season, when we were kind of working on our, our league previews, um, one of the things that both the coaches from Seton Catholic and Kingsway Christian touched on was. You know, we got a rivalry game back. Uh, Kingsway, after putting the program on pause and doing a complete program reboot, uh, it back in the Trico this year. Well, not only do Seton Catholic and Kingsway get to uh, uh, rekindle their rivalry game uh, this Friday on week ten, uh, week nine, uh, both are headed to the postseason. Yep, which, uh, which uh, you know, that that is, I mean, Seton they they got in last year, uh, but. 
uh, for Kingsway Christian, that's just a, a really nice feather in the cap for, for yeah, this first year. It's back. nice bringing the program yeah. back and, and getting uh, getting to say that you're a playoff team. Um, and I, and that kind of heightens the the stakes on Friday night. You know, it's not just the rivalry game. You want to you want to go into that playoff game because it's going to be a tough matchup. You know, whoever you're going to face from the EPCO one uh, A, uh, but you want to go in with a win. You want to go in with a positive note. You know, that's kind of what Seton Catholic did last year. They had to win their final game against Fort to earn that playoff spot. And I think it was uh, you know a positive way to head into the postseason. I think both of these teams are looking to do just that. And so I think it'll be a fun game. Um, be interesting to see how this one turned out. Well, they have something more than just bragging rights at stake because there is a tangible difference between being in as the number three seed and as the number four seed. Like you mentioned, you're going to face a tough EBCO opponent no matter what, but it's just that little bit of, you know, we're here on the pecking order versus where you are one step below. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it was uh, both Dennis Hurling and um, uh, uh, Coach Mencius at uh, um, at Kingsway both said that uh, they wanted this uh, renewed rivalry to kind of have a, a community unifying impact. They, they talked about having families show up early before the game and, and kind of, uh, you know, tailgate and, and have fun, throw footballs around. And well, now uh, uh, you can't really ask for much more for a rivalry game. Not only is it happening, but it, it, there are some actual stakes and, and some good football that both of these teams have played. Yeah, it's it's a Friday of football that you, you kind of look at the schedule and go, boy, I'd like to be at a lot of different games. And you mm -hmm. have to kind of, you know, be at the one you choose. And and uh, I mean, even uh, you know, even a game that doesn't have any playoff merit with with Fort going to White Salmon to play, uh, you know, Fort got a can get a three win season. They haven't done that in uh, it looks like fourteen years or something like mm -hmm. that. So, uh, you know, that's be certainly a positive thing for for Fort. So there's just uh, a lot of good games to check out. Um, hopefully the weather isn't too terrible. No. <laughs> you know, always a coin flip this year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so uh, you know. Folks should get out, and I think you can't go wrong with whatever game you choose to, to go to. All right, and as always, uh, follow the Columbian, uh, 360preps.com, where we'll have coverage of all these games. Uh, be sure to check out Tim Martinez's column on 360preps.com, where he breaks down all of these postseason scenarios if you need a primer heading into to Friday's games. And then, of course, uh, we'll, we'll see which teams can uh, get in the postseason and hopefully make a run.